0: Hi everybody, it's Joey Remini here from SeekingBalance.com.au. I'm a vestibular audiologist and a neuroplasticity therapist. And I specialize in helping people with difficult, complex and persistent forms of vertigo and tinnitus. I assist people with healing and particularly with listening to the wisdom in their body so they can actually rewire, retrain and recalibrate their sensory system so it can sound too good to be true and that is why i'm really passionate about sharing case studies and helping you meet people who have actually gone through this healing process i've personally gone through the healing myself having had both vertigo and tinnitus and i can tell you i am good as gold except today i have a head cold so i may be blowing my nose with tissues and whatnot but as far as the vertigo and tinnitus is concerned i've actually been really fortunate to have these skills to reset my brain and return to normal so today, I really want to introduce you to a special person calling in from Spain. Her name is Laura, and Laura's going to talk to us about her journey of recovery. We don't actually know Laura's diagnosis, but it sounds like it could be any combination of very complex BPPV, vestibular migraine, and triple PD, persistent postural perceptual dizziness. So for those of you out there who are in this world of limbo, what's my diagnosis? I've been diagnosed with everything from labyrinthitis to many years and so on. Laura is going to be a great case study for you. So welcome to the call, Laura, and thank you so much for your time.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Tell tell us all a little bit about your dizziness journey. I know it started 19 or 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. We don't need all the details intimately minute by minute, but do you want to talk through a little bit of that helpless, hopeless cycle that we inevitably get stuck in Mm -hmm. and that transition point for you?
1: Okay, yeah, it, it started a long time ago, and sometimes it's been quite acute and sometimes it's been non-existent, but it's been something that has been with me for almost 20 years and constantly feeling like that I'm not getting answers and even sometimes questioning if I was making it up, yeah. if I was imagining it, you know but yeah, things I turned 40 this year, and I decided that I was going to get my health sorted out that I didn't want to live the next 40 years of my life uh in limbo and and kind of just making do so um I actually hit um a crisis point though at the beginning of this year where um the vertigo and the the the, I felt like everything was on a on a slope Mm -hmm. 24 hours a day and I was really struggling to work and just to be okay to have a conversation with people And um, I also had this idea in my head that the vertigo was causing anxiety Mm -hmm. and the anxiety was probably causing more vertigo than what was actually there. So there was the problem that was causing the vertigo, plus there was extra vertigo being caused by anxiety. Yeah. And I reached that real crisis point in my life. And um, I actually went to the doctor one day and I asked him for something to help me with anxiety. I came home upset because I found it difficult to sit in the doctor's that day and um, without feeling like I was going to fall off the chair and I I looked for help online and I found your videos and I suddenly felt like I had found a way to go forward and an understanding and a safe place to be that I could just be guided and I didn't actually ever take those tablets at the doctor's Mm. prescribe for me. Mm. So and since then it's been another kind of journey instead of a journey through dizziness and vertigo and anxiety, it's actually since that day been another journey of discovery and hope and recovery. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like the before and the after.
0: Yeah. And I want to share with everyone that Laura and I know each other through my Rocksteady program, which is a self-study program. Yeah. And it's held, it's a nurturing process over 12 weeks with weekly emails and modules and audios and videos and yeah. support resources for helping retrain the brain physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And Laura's really proud of herself and really willing to share her story, but also still in process. And so we wanted to yes. really make that clear that yes. it's not an overnight fix. And it really is, we'll talk a little bit about how your mindset might've changed in that initial three month period or whatever. Well, So much
1: has changed. I mean, like so much change. It has been a struggle. I mean, the one thing I want to say to everyone, it's not a quick fix overnight. This, this program, isn't going to make you better. It's a real sense of um, discovery about yourself. And sometimes it's actually quite unpleasant because you have to look into yourself and you have to kind of face up to, some things that you might not like in order to go forward. And one of the things I also realized is I will always have bad days. I have mostly good days now, but there are maybe always going to be the odd bad day. But the biggest tool that I've, I've learned is how to deal with those bad days so that they are just bad days and then the next day is better instead of a bad day leading to a bad few weeks or a bad few months. You know, so that's like huge because it basically gives you your control back. You say, okay, you know, it's a bad day. It's a bad hour, but it's going to be okay. And that's, that's huge. But the program, it's not only um, allowed me to have some kind of control and understanding about what's happening in my body, but it's actually affected other parts of my life too. Can you, um, if you feel brave
0: enough, can you share a little bit about What questions or what exercises might have triggered you and you felt confronting and you're like, oh, I don't want to face this. Like looking at patterns, (laughs) looking at how I care for myself or whatever those were for you and how there's been that ripple effect into the world around you, whether that's relationship, work, capacity, resources, all of that.
1: My mindset before was, and I think it was not just came from me, but it came from before this not really understanding what was wrong with me was I just had to plow through it. Mm. had to pretend I was okay ignore the symptoms and plow through it and then of course what would happen was I would reach burnout I would be an emotional mess physically I was a mess and I kind of just did that for everything not just the vertigo but anything that was going on was keep going and the harder you go the better it's going to be and of course it wasn't like that and one of the things I've learned now is when something is wrong I stop Mm. and I kind of say to myself hey it's okay and then I say okay what what am I trying to learn from this what's going on? You know, maybe if my, my mind can't tell me, my body's telling me something, Yeah. you know? And at first I felt really selfish because I thought, you know, this is so indulgent to take time for yourself and say, Hey, what's going on? Or to say to someone, today's a bad day, or today's a rest day. I, today I can't do that. And that just wasn't the way I was. Mm. I wanted to prove I could do anything. So Mm -hmm. I had to kind of overcome being able to say, okay, this is my time or, you know, today I need some time or this is the way I want to do things or this is too much. Mm -hmm. And that was really difficult for me. Also, there were some of the exercises when you're learning how to kind of rebalance your body and your senses some of them are quite unpleasant to start with. You have to sort of spin a little bit, you know, or do head movements. And I was scared to do some of these things. Mm. So there was that kind of making myself do them and then sort of thinking, well, it's actually okay, you know. But one of the things I loved was no matter what happened, there was always a video of yours I could listen to. And you always say, it's okay. You feel like crap today? It's okay. You feel great? That's okay. You, you want to stop the exercises for today? That's okay. Mm. It, just felt like it was okay to do things at my own pace, but just do them. And um, yeah, I mean, sometimes I, for instance, I was doing the exercises to see if there was crystals in my ears. I was so scared to do that. I, I was almost in tears and it was for nothing because once they did it, I realized that it was okay. Yeah. It was,
0: <laughs> you know. And it's that whole thing of we need to really gently support ourselves as we face our fears and vulnerabilities. And once we do that, we can really overcome it and say, hey, I've done it. I've moved beyond that.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. And a lot of my clients will say, actually, the fear of doing it was worse than
1: actually doing it. Was worse. Exactly. You know, worse. And I I even got to the point I was scared to be by myself, you know, but as I learned how to cope with if a vertical attack did come or what to do i regained that um it's not a power but i regained confidence in myself and again there's like ooh and then oh it's okay just remember what you've been told you know and so so it's not it's not an easy fix it's not here you go you're going to be fine you really need to be prepared to to work it and i honestly believe the course is one of these the more you put into it the more you can Get out of it, really. But you have to put into it. You have to put your time and your energy into this. If you, I think you really need to want to do it to oh, get better.
0: I and, you know, I, I often, sometimes people contact me like, I'm desperate, my life's falling apart. I need you to fix me, Joey. And I just say, look, you're not ready for the program because it's not about me. It's not even actually about the Rocksteady program. It's about if we're willing as a person to take responsibility for how, we're going to retrain our brain. yeah. And how we're going to support ourselves, particularly emotionally, mentally, spiritually, because it almost always starts with physical, whether that's mm. medications, diets, exercises, etc., We almost all start in the physical plane. And then it can take a, a layer of willingness, readiness, and maturation until we face, okay, what are my mental demons? What are the thoughts and worries and doubts? And what are the emotions I'm dealing with? Whether it's Anger, frustration, loneliness, anxiety, depression. And what can I do about this? How can I process it? How can I support myself? Mm. Then, of course, the missing link is often the spiritual. Am I actually Mm. connected to myself, trusting myself, and believing in myself? Or am I giving all my power away to others and saying, Fix me, give me a device, give me a drug, give me anything? Exactly. Yeah. Not me. Right? So, that spiritual piece is, Am I connected to myself? Am I connected to my purpose on this planet? Because often people will go through rock steady and get to a certain level of healing that they're feeling better. But mm. the next step of truly, deeply overcoming it is really investing in what is our purpose on the planet. So really mm-hmm. going into the new passion, the new goal, the new intention, which has nothing to do with vertigo and tinnitus, and more about really transcending it into that next level. Mm. Do you want to talk a little bit about wherever you're at in the mental, emotional, spiritual? So this is more the bonus audio section, the pet talks, Mm -hmm. going beyond the physical spinning and all of that. Mm -hmm. Where are you at in that stillness, in the body scans, in in the meditation kind of aspect of healing? How are you going?
1: I'm actually kind of at a new level because for a while there I was doing the body scans and I was going through them, but I, I didn't really get it. It was, I I was doing it. It felt nice. I really needed to listen to your voice while I was doing it or I lost focus. And I found that deeply soothing to listen. I actually downloaded them on my phone so I could take them with me places. And then there was one day I just got click and I was like, wow, wow, this is exciting. But I've got to the point now where, I don't know, let's say there's zero to 100% let's just say I'm at 60, but I want to, I'm still learning. I'm still getting more out of this. And as I think I commented to you before, I was such a mess when I started all this that I feel like I was just at the edge and the edge helped me, but I'm getting more and more towards the center. And every time I repeat these things and every time I do them, Mm. I get more and more out of them. Mm. And um, so I'm just kind of going through it. Now I don't do it every day maybe a few times a week, whereas at the beginning, I needed to do things every day. But every time I do it, I get deeper and deeper within and more and more out of it and more understanding.
0: Yeah. Are you doing any of the written work or the journal reflective work to help you really get to know your gratitude, your blessings, your fears?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't, they were actually, I've got them around my office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I felt really strange doing that to begin with because it felt very self-indulgent to mm-hmm. me. But then I realized, wow, there, there's stuff coming down here that I didn't even realize was up here. And it's, it's suddenly coming out here. And um, one of the things that really helped me as well was you encouraged us to do kind of a board where we put where, where we wanted to go, what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I found that it was so good just to make things clear in my head. So I've, I've been doing, I think I've done everything, Great. even things that I kind of was like, well, I'm not sure. I thought, do it do it, you know, and I think I've done everything you recommended um, quite and, a few and, times.
0: And I think just keep doing it again and again, because the process, it's not like you just do it once and then oh, your brain's got it. It needs that repetition. And so when we figure out what activities, tools, skills or processes can I do to release, let's say, joy neurons or stability neurons or confidence yeah. neurons, the more we do those things for ourselves in daily life, the more we're firing those neurochemical cocktails we're actually creating that neuroplasticity network to formalize itself and become more robust. Mm -hmm. The program is a great place for educationally learning and seeing what's possible. But then when we put the program aside and log out, we actually go into life and we say, I feel really good when I play my violin or when I tend to my garden or when I cook a soup or when I do the laundry. So those things can actually become part of our ritual and part of our resetting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with you on that. And it's taking time to do those things.
0: Prioritizing feeling good.
1: Yeah, And a lot of that
0: comes back into self-worth because we feel like it's self-dulgent and like, you know, um, we should just do things and work and think about other people and this and that. Mm. Actually, the biggest gift we can give the planet is truly understanding our own happiness and our own responsibilities because that will give us the alignment, the clarity and the energy to truly give back to the planet without that foggy exhaustion.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: It's all kind of counterintuitive. We've got to go in before we go out.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Definitely. You, you can't give from something that's empty.
0: Yeah. And can you contrast a little bit? So you've explained to me, before you came across me and this work, you were basically like dizzy all the time and highly debilitated and I actually remember a sense of desperation in your voice when you approached me. Mm -hmm. Can you contrast a little bit the emotions and the physical avoidance behaviors or triggers that you've now outgrown? Like you just know that you're not there anymore. You're in a new phase of your healing, but just so listeners can get a feel for where you came from and where you are now.
1: It was crazy before. I mean, there was things like I, I didn't understand exactly what was happening to me, which caused fear. But the, I, I actually have lived, I've made a lot of changes since I started this course. I've moved house, you know, and but the house I was in before there was a, a typical old Spanish house. There's lots of decorative tiles and things. And I found all the visual stuff. I couldn't even shower properly. I was in the shower and I felt like I was going to fall. So even having a shower was difficult. Sitting in the chair was difficult. Going in the car was difficult. Walking was difficult. And now I can basically do all of that stuff. And the other day I went swimming in the sea for the first time in, I don't know how long, because before the movement of the waves and the sand being uneven, it was just impossible for me to be able to go in there. I thought it was impossible. But you know, there's, there's things like I'm swimming again. I was frightened to swim because I was scared that we'd get an attack in the pool.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's little things, but they're big things to me. And each thing gives me more confidence to go forward and do something else.
0: Have you noticed any changes to either your relationship to yourself or relationship to other people?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. There's, I think one of the things that's huge, is I kind of found an inner peace mm-hmm. in myself yeah. because I was living very much on the edge with a lot of anxiety. And we're talking anxiety day and night of that fear, feeling fear and unable to relax. And that's exhausting. Mm, it truly that, is. That is absolutely exhausting. And, and in my work, you know, I'm a teacher. I have to be happy. And so, you know, an outgoing and I... I had to really push myself at work. So after work, I was just absolutely mm. done. And so now I kind of have more of this, I've just more peaceful, happier person. And of course that makes me an easier person to be around. And I'm more relaxed and I have more time and energy to give to other people. So hugely, Amazing. yeah.
0: I love the releasing neck tension and shoulder tension exercise did you find did you try that one
1: yeah I actually do it at my desk because I spend I spend five hours a day at my desk I teach online so I find between classes it's a good time to to do that but I also have found that since the anxiety has literally disappeared that my neck is way better so I think before obviously I was holding everything tight
0: yeah I'm, I'm exactly the same when I'm, when I'm good, relaxed and on top of my life, my body is soft and fluid and easy. Yeah. But when I'm at crunch time and I'm chasing deadlines or expectations or whatever, I Mm. crunch up and I hold, I hold my posture differently. And that's when I have to really go back into my daily practice and and have the answer.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly.
0: what What does listening to the wisdom of your body mean for you? And what do you, oh, think wow. you're going to go with what you brought you or gifted
1: you? I've learned so much that I was fighting my body. I seen my body as the enemy because I blamed my body yeah. on me feeling really horrible. And I also kept thinking, why, why are there people out there that can eat and drink and smoke and do whatever they want? And they seem to be fine. And I try to take care of myself and I'm just constantly up against problems in my body. So I kind of was against my body. And now I've realized that I love my body and my body's not my enemy. You know, and it's actually telling me things and it's not up against me. We're working together here, mind and body and soul and everything. And I've kind of made a friend here in myself and I've realized hey, we're gonna to be together. We are together forever here. And it's a huge sense of peace. And I mean, I say we're out with the whole vertigo thing. I had a few other health issues going on and I am now on no medication at all at the moment. This time last year, I was on three or four different tablets a day for various things. I'm on no medication and it's not just some sort of miracle. It's just listening to my body and making some changes and listening again and trying things that feel right. And when it doesn't feel right, stopping that. And that was something they never thought about doing before.
0: Yeah. Well, often we put ourselves into these expectation loops where it's like, well, I should, I must, I need to, I'm obligated. And we end up operating on other people's systems or other people's expectations rather than going, you know what, this is actually not working for me. For me, I need to do this differently or I need to not do this at all, Mm. which is something we start, a conversation we start quite early on in module two in the program. Looking at priorities, limitations, and boundaries,
1: yeah, it's really listening. And the other strange thing is that you know, I, I haven't got a perfect body, I'm, I'm small, I've got curvy bits where I should have curved cellulite, everything else, and I've just kind of got an acceptance for that too. After for years hating myself, really, and my body, this whole thing of listening to my body and accepting it has actually kind of affected the way I see myself physically now. Mm. and. For years, I wouldn't go to the beach. I was like, oh, you know, my legs are like tree trunks. I don't want to do this or And I'm kind of like, I don't care. I, this is it. Yeah. This is the way it is. It's okay.
0: Beautiful. That's a lot of self-compassion coming through. And I think, you know, tapping into our self-compassion can be such a foreign concept to so many people. Yeah. We're not taught it in school. Our parents don't no. generally teach it to us. No. And it's becoming kind of a new age parenting skill where I've got a little baby on the way and I'm going to try and teach all this. So it it might be changing in the future, actually. But for many of us, we weren't taught this and we were taught to listen to our teachers, listen to our parents and do what we're told. So we're not honoring our body. We're not listening to our desires and our fears. We're not processing things and we're not offering compassion when we need compassion. Mm. And if we can't give ourselves compassion, how on earth can we give the planet compassion? Or give him his compassion. So it really has huge impact globally. Mm.
1: Mm, Definitely.
0: What does compassion mean for you? I think you've given a really good example of how it's transformed your relationship to yourself. But if you wanted to put that into your own words, what is self-compassion?
1: I think it's understanding. I think it's, I think it's patience. It's love. Yeah. It's without expectations. And I uh, say so I think from, from you I have become a better person and that will reflect on my daughter, yeah. you know, and, and my relationship with, you know, my my new partner and, and stuff. So this it's it kind of it's a ripple effect and the more people that can learn to just kind of stop battling with themselves and kind of say it's okay it's, it's yeah. okay to not be perfect it's okay not to be 100% strong and this and that it's okay I mean and I've kind of got to the point as well I'm like all right vertigo is my thing you know if this sticks around for the rest of my life and pops it you know, pops up every now and then well I'll deal with it whereas before I was like I want to get rid of this vertigo I hate it yeah it's just ruined my life so much whereas now it's like well okay if this is it, other people have other things, I'll deal with it, you know? But that's because the fear's gone. And that's one of the things that you helped me with was uh, the vertigo caused a lot of terror, not just fear, but real terror.
0: And trauma. It's very traumatic.
1: Yeah. And that that I'm still working on that. Cause the problem is sometimes I get vertigo during the night. And as I, I think I, I explained to you in an email at one point during the day, I find it a lot easier to deal with any dizzy spells because I'm kind of more aware, but at night I still kind of go <gasps> because it wakes me from my sleep. And that's why my plan is to actually go through the entire rock steady, um, course or modules again. Yeah. Because I think, as I explained to you before, I feel like I got a lot out of it, but I also was in a pretty bad place where I had foggy thinking. I wasn't able to focus a lot. I was upset. And now I feel out now I've kind of reached a place of more peace and understanding and things. I'll be able to get a lot more out of it. And I'm pretty sure I'll be able to deal with some of the things that's still going on.
0: Absolutely. And also from what you've explained to me, it, it could genuinely be like a migraine.
1: Mm.
0: hitting you in your sleep and mm-hmm. in the best place possible stay in bed mm. and use your sleep skills audio as well from the bonus audios that's a great it's one nice. to learn your floor.
1: <laughs> it's really nice
0: Because sometimes we just have to wait for the brain to sort out it's what it's doing and it can be as quick as a sneeze so it's like a little hiccup or a little error but mm. sometimes it is a minute or 20 minutes it's, it's very rarely hours and we need to wait for all of the data signals and the brain's processing to, to reach its own
1: equilibrium. Well, last week, last week or 10 days ago, I had an ear infection. It's the first time I've had an ear infection in I, I can't even remember, but it was a really bad one and um, it caused some pretty bad dizziness and, and vertigo and stuff, but I sailed through it. Yeah, I really sailed through it, Joe. You know I mean, I had to go on a lot of antibiotics and even, you know, all two different types of antibiotics. I the infection was pretty bad, but I sailed through it. Whereas before, I would have been like, mm. that's because <laughs> you you've
0: got all the skills and tools now. And I think it's not just about eliminating sim- symptoms, which I think is a really rigid goal and outcome, which I don't recommend anybody take with them into the future. Because mm-hmm. if you are doggedly trying to get rid of something, you're really actually feeding the fear. But if we go, yeah, if it comes and goes, I've got this, I'm prepared, I'm resourced, whatever, the brain shifts it out of that saber tooth tiger fear zone mm. so that the vertigo or tinnitus or whatever is no longer treated with such terror. And it actually falls into the, yeah, whatever, like smelly socks are annoying, but they're not going to kill me kind of category of life. And the brain mm. actually responds to them differently, which is why you can sail through it.
1: And one of the things that really interested me was, you know, I I don't know about other countries, but here in Spain, if you have vertigo, they tend to just treat you with high doses of diazepam. And I one thing I read about, and I hated that. I really hated that. And I read with, when you said when it is treated like that, it sort of numbs the vestibular system. It can actually slow down the repair process. So yeah. that's something I'm going to make sure that I am never, ever given or going to take again to ever deal with vertigo because Unless it, there's a
0: good reason yeah. for it you know it's good to be open so medication has a place but it's never the long-term solution no Ev- yeah like, you know every doctor you speak to will want to get you off these meds right they're temporary and they're so if we're medicated it's really for the purpose of helping us drop into a place of inner peace so we can learn and mm-hmm. transition, right And if you don't need the medications to get yourself in a place of being able to focus, log in, learn, and actually practice the body scan, you may not need the medications at all. But for some
1: people... Well, that's what I hope. I mean, the last time I went to the here in Spain to see your doctor out with the doctor hours you go to the emergency room it's very different to other countries so you tend to end up in a very busy emergency room and their service is pretty good but the last time I was there for something else I thought you know what if I get a big vertigo attack I'm not going to come here directly like I did before it's busy it's very bright there's loads of lights it's not I'm going to try and work through it at home yeah where I can get quiet and go through everything and just kind of see how, where, I mean, there's, I would only ever go there if things were completely out of control, which I don't think they will be anymore.
0: Yeah. That's so. great. So if there's anyone out there listening, who's feeling pretty helpless, pretty hopeless, pretty <laughs> victimized, despairing, maybe they've had 20 years of symptoms. What message would you have for those listeners who are feeling like, no way, not true. Can't believe it.
1: I was there, you know, I was really there. And I would say that, I mean, I started off, I found you on YouTube and I just, I did a few of your videos and stuff. And I say it was hard because I I managed to get in there a little bit into the zone to understanding, but I was still, I was just kind of clinging on. Mm. If you can understand, I'm clinging on with hope, but I couldn't really see the way forward. But I would say, try this. And just be prepared to keep working and there'll be days you feel that you don't get anywhere and there'll be days you feel you take big steps forward and there's days you go backwards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't give up. Keep keep going forwards, you know, and really it's worth it. It's worth it. And it's worth it to invest the time in yourself because yeah. it, it can change your life, you know. Yeah. And, and then, in so many other ways than just dealing with vertigo or tinnitus, because once you're there, you'll realize that it's just a little part of your life, the vertigo yeah. and the tinnitus. There's lots of other things going on. Instead of it being your life, it will, come, it will become just a little bit.
0: Yeah. And many, and many people, they really genuinely do overcome it. So it's just that process of staying, staying with it and teaching the brain that everything's okay.
1: Yeah. And and if you don't overcome it 100%, you'll soon realize that even on the bad days, it's not so bad that you can deal with it. Yeah.
0: And a little bit like I did a post on our Facebook group today about having a head cold or allergies or migraines or skin Mm. irritation. Humans aren't perfect every day. In fact, perfect is a terrible aspiration and goal. It's unrealistic and no one is feeling great every day. So this yeah. idea of being able to ride the roller coaster of being human and navigating our human life means we need to have space for self-care. We need to have space for feeling not quite right. And we need to know how to nurture ourselves through that so it can be a blip in the system. Sometimes it can literally be a bad hour or a bad 20 minutes. Yeah. Challenging hour, challenging 20 minutes, I should say. Um, and then the rest of the day, we're totally fine. And if we have that space for it and the capacity to listen to it gain the wisdom from it, figure out what actions to take. It can pass very elegantly. It doesn't need to take over our week, our month, our year or our decade.
1: No, I mean, I made some big changes. I lived in um, a, a four-story four house, old house in an ancient village and the floors were kind of a little bit uneven and the walls aren't even. And I, I've moved as hard am I thing to a house on one level now where everything is there so when there are bad days I'm not trapped in one room in my house or the uneven floors or the steps are making things worse so you know it, it's again it was taking a step forward and saying well okay a move is a real pain in the ass but It kind of is taking back the power on the bad days and just kind of knowing that you're prepared for the bad days mentally and physically gives you your control back.
0: Yeah. Which is something we do in module five. Module five is all about going, right, let's be as prepared as we can for the super challenging days. Here's my list.
1: I keep that list in my bedroom in the, the drawer because I know that if I do wake up and I'm a bit spaced out or I'm not feeling so great that day or I'm foggy.
0: Yeah. It's easier
1: just to have it written down and try and think, what should I do?
0: That's great. And you know, when we're not exhausting ourselves and living in terror, we actually have energy to do things like go to the beach and swim because that's yeah. also challenging. Yeah. But it's a it's a challenge of desire and love instead of a challenge of fear. So very different. And we actually need to have space and energy in our lives to do what we love, whether that's play music, do art, go out with friends, go into exactly. nature, drive a car. We need There's so energy. much
1: joy out there. There's so much happiness to be found, and it's. I know that. I know when you're in that black cloud, how difficult it is to find it, and how you do pretend to people you're okay and you're not. Yeah, but honestly, yeah. God, it's. You know, it's. It's a few weeks of really just investing some time in yourself, and it. it it's so worth it. Mm.
0: Thank you so much. I'm really pleased to hear that you're you. on your team.
1: And yeah we're, we're together
0: <laughs> self-love and self awe and self-appreciation because i think that is honestly 80 percent of the healing journey
1: for anything i really think for anything yeah there's yeah. anything in this life if you're up against yourself then yeah and if you're if we're your own t- worst enemy
0: yeah and if we're not listening to our bodies and taking care of ourselves basically no one else on the planet is and no one else on the planet yeah. can So we really have to start stepping into these realizations that I have to do this. And if I don't do this, no medicine and no device can.
1: No, They can babysit
0: me and they can help me and maybe soften the fall a little bit, but they can't actually fundamentally transform me. And that's what Mm. we're really talking about is really changing the way the brain relates, how we relate to ourselves and how we re-enter into the world as a new person. Yeah. Thank you so much for being part of Rocksteady. Are you going to join any of the live calls coming up?
1: I hope so. I want to. Yeah. yeah I think it's interesting to hear the questions that other people ask and
0: it's hear so the rich. So rich. And it's great to see when people demonstrate therapies too live. It's just really amazing. You'll mm-hmm. share the journey. So yeah. Laura, thank you so much. If anyone is interested in looking into the rocksteady process, visit my website, seekingbalance.com.au. It's not for everyone, but for those of you who are seeking reassurance, support and practical skills and tools, it's a great resource, highly recommended. And if you sign up actually in the next week or two, you can join the live calls and be a part of the peer group. There'll be six live calls starting September the 3rd, 2019. I try and offer these live programs twice a year, so they don't happen very often. And it's really special when, if anyone can join in, it's a real gift. So seekingbalance.com.au, check out the Live Rock Steady program, which will be starting shortly. And you can join people like Laura who are well on their way with recovery, sharing their insights and really sharing the journey. So thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you because um, I couldn't have done this without your help. So
0: well, maybe you could have realistically, but I think we just sped it up for you.
1: Maybe instead of it taking 40
0: years. It I mean, like, years, right? I'm a Reiki
1: practitioner and I, I know about the healing and stuff, but I'd reached such a dark place yeah. that I really didn't know where to go and I felt so defeated. Um, so I'm not sure. I think I knew I wanted to perform, but I didn't know how. So
0: I actually firmly believe that you would have done it without me, but I do think my program helps speed it up for people.
1: I, I found was, such comfort just I told yeah, you it was so it's okay those words joy all the time it's okay I would listen to to your you know the recordings on the bad days it, it's okay like <laughs> yeah it's okay because in life it's you're not really told it's okay you're told to get better be better or doing it but when someone says it, it's okay
0: yeah it's also we can feel so alone and, yeah. we, and, and when we because I was in the deep dark hole too and I had to get myself out of it as part of my healing journey. And I did it, right? And that was that was how I learned the skills I needed. So I, I do genuinely believe people can do it on their own. It's mm-hmm. just that it can be a much more tedious, slow and lonely process. And we can we can really fall off track. And I think when we have a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual toolkit to really keep us in alignment and keep us coming back to our main goal, that's what makes mm-hmm. it faster.
1: Yeah. And so
0: having all of those resources things that I didn't have that I wish I had at the time. I think that's the real gift in the rocksteady process. So it it is a self responsibility. It's a self process. You're doing all of your healing. I haven't done a thing. And Mm. you can really take ownership over it and be really proud of yourself.
1: Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Enjoy your pregnancy. I hope your cold gets better soon.
0: I think I can (laughs) feel it already is, but yes, I'm enjoying some very slow days. So I'm Joey Remini. It's a bye for now. Visit seekingbalance.com.au to learn more about my offerings. And if you join the Rocksteady Live process, you'll actually be with me on six live calls. We can get to know each other. So it's a bye for now.
1: Bye, Joey. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.